Welcome, misfits, miscreants, spooks, specters, astral beings from Dimension X, alien envoys from galaxies near and far, and boogers from around the world. You are listening to Late Night Fright here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my very unflappable, just like James Tiberius Kirk co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, what day is it? It is TV Tuesday. I love TV Tuesday. Me too. Faith, what are we talking about today? We are talking about Star Trek yet again. We are talking about the episode. You want to tell what the episode is today? Space Seed. Yes. This one came out February 16th, 1967. This is the 22nd episode of season one. It was directed by Mark Daniels. The story was by Carrie Wilbur. The teleplay was by Gene L. Kuhn and Carrie Wilbur. It starred as James T. Kirk. Faith, who stars as James T. Kirk? One of my favorites, William Shatner. Who starred as Mr. Spock? Leonard Nimoy. Ooh, I'm, I may do this one because he's one of my favorites. All right. And a birthday buddy. This is uh, two TV Tuesdays wow. in a row I've had birthday buddies. <laughs> as Dr. Leonard Bones McCoy, DeForest Kelly. He's one of my favorites. I too, love then. him. Oh. As Mr. Scott, Jimmy Duhon. As Ahura, the very lovely Michelle Nichols. She's a wonderful singer, too, by the way wonderful we had some great guest stars in this episode two of them in particular we had madeline rue as the enterprise historian lieutenant marla mcgivers and as khan noonian singh one of my favorites and a personal hero of mine faith introduced this man ricardo how do you say his name montalban there it is (laughs) So, brief synopsis of this episode, the USS Enterprise comes across the SS Botany Bay adrift in space. There are life signs aboard. Captain Kirk, Mr. Scott, Dr. McCoy, and Lieutenant MacGyver's board the ship and resuscitate the leader of the crew, Khan. It is revealed throughout the episode that Khan is actually warlord Khan Noonien Singh, a product of late 20th century selective breeding, otherwise known as eugenics. MacGyver's helps Khan take over the Enterprise. She betrays him by aiding Kirk and Spock in taking back over the ship and elects to go with Khan and his people to the world of SETI Alpha 5, a harsh world that Kirk exiles them to at the end of the episode. Faith, this is a great episode of television. This is a great episode of Star Trek. This episode introduces the character of Khan and is the basis for the 1982 film The Wrath of Khan, in which Monalbon reprises his role. The episode is considered to be one of the best in the history of the Trek canon, and the film sequel is also considered to be the best of the films produced. I concur with that opinion. Mm -hmm. And this one has it all. Genetic Superman, fine Corinthian leather, betrayal, lust, and stunt doubles. (laughs) Let's get into it. What do you think of this episode, Space Seed? This is definitely one of my favorite Star Trek episodes to ever watch it's just so like you said it's full of it all (laughs) it doesn't really miss out on anything does it (laughs) no no it doesn't so here are a few things i like about this episode uh the roddenberry gene roddenberry created star trek the original vision of this show is very hopeful and optimistic there is a sense of cooperation in this world while it's not a utopia it's Pretty nice place to live, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And it shows that we're going to get it together and move boldly into the final frontier. But in this episode, we have a man from the past come into the future who does not share these views. In faith, that's where the drama comes from. That's it. So for me, with Star Trek, I've been a lifelong Star Trek fan. Star Trek II was one of my favorite movies growing up. I was about four the first time I saw it. 
probably on HBO. We had it. And one day, I'll never forget this. I can tell you exactly where we were driving. My mother said, you know, it was a TV show. (laughs) And she started taping it for me at five in the morning. We had a VCR and she would tape it for me. And when I get in from like preschool or whatever it was, I would have, I'm not, I'm not making this up, either pimento cheese on Ritz crackers or they would do sausage and cut it up. And I would watch Star Trek. And then I would watch Star Wars, the original Star Wars. I had a copy of that, but um, I would watch Star Trek most most every day. And this was actually the very first episode of the series that I ever saw. And it holds a real special place in my heart. Yeah, so, I see why. Um, as I said, lifelong Star Trek fan. But somewhere along the way for me, and I think it was during the Next Generation run after Roddenberry died, people seem to have gotten this idea that Trek was more often than not like a lot of techno babble. Do you agree with me? Mm-hmm. Super smart people finding super smart solutions to super complex problems. I think this has its place, but at its heart, Star Trek is an adventure show about people. Yeah. And I, this episode really is why I love this series. There's so yeah. many of these great original series episodes and the movie too, you know, that came from this right. is one of those reasons why I love Star Trek. What I like about this episode in particular and those original episodes is I could see this being performed on a stage. Yeah. It works as a stage play. as a little morality tale, you know, and I love that about the old Star Trek episodes. Um, How should we do this? Let's let's talk about Ricardo. You want to talk about Ricardo? Sure. So Ricardo Montalban was born November 25th, 1920 in Mexico City. He died January 14th, 2009. At the age of 88, he was married to Georgiana Belzer in 1944. He stayed married to her until her death in 2007. He was a star of stage, screen, and film. He was a philanthropist and established the Nosotros Foundation to advocate for Latinos in film and television. He did this because he was disturbed by the way he was asked to portray Mexicans on film. He said, I played characters of what a Latin is supposed to be like. In reality, we are family men. I should have had the courage of Dolores Del Rio, who returned to Mexico and made her best movies there. Of the Nosotros Foundation, he said, Mexico is my mother, the United States, the best friend I will ever have. And so I dream of the day when my mother will say, Ricardo, you have chosen a wonderful friend. And the day when the friend will say, Ricardo, you have a sensational mother. That is why it is very important to bring us together. Brothers and sisters, love thy neighbor as thyself. And this theater, I think, can be a little grain of sand towards that end. Here we have opened the doors not only for the opportunity of young talent to develop, writers, directors, actors, but also in coming together as a group in this society in which we live. Let's open a hand of friendship and love and brotherhood. That is my dream. I'll never see it complete while I'm still alive, but I think this is the beginning, and that is what makes me so happy to see this come to fruition. What do you think of that? Because there's a lot of that going around today, isn't there? Yes. There's a lot of that. And what a wonderful sentiment. You Very know, wonderful. A guy who was proud of where he came from and proud of where he ended up. Ended and up, I yeah. think wonderful. He was a man. He had a lot of character. Yeah. Ricardo did. Um, he was an active man who adhered to a strict nutrition and exercise plan, a devout Roman Catholic. It was made a Knight of the Order of St. Gregory the Great by Pope John Paul II in 1998. This is the highest order a layperson can receive in the Catholic Church. He was born with a malformation in his spine that was aggravated in 1951. Check this out. He was thrown from a horse on the set of a movie, knocked unconscious, and then trampled by another horse. He lived the rest of his life in excruciating pain. 
His most famous roles are Mr. Rourke on Fantasy Island and Khan, Nooney, and Singh. New Yorker critic Pauline Kael said Monalbon's performance as Khan was the only validation he has ever had of his power to command the big screen. Faith, I think this guy was a certifiable badass. What yes, do you think? I completely agree. <laughs> what do you think of Ricardo Montalban as Khan here in this episode? And it's okay if you bring in anything from the Wrath of Khan film, because, oh. I mean, they work together here. Well, he stole this show. He's such a strong appearance. I mean, not just how he looks, but how he stands, how he speaks, how he addresses people. He's just compelling. He just steals any exactly. spotlight that he Exactly. Know? He has serious stature and yes. presence, in, and as you said, he owns every scene he's in mm-hmm. just by being in it. Yeah. Just He doesn't even have to say anything. He doesn't have to speak. Um, no. I have here, there's a magnetic, almost hypnotic quality to him, a real sense of self you don't see in many actors, and a quality you definitely don't see in today's milk toast men. No offense to all of you milk toast men. Do you agree with that sentiment, though, that we... That, yes. We've lost some of that yes. that ruggedness. Um, he uses this to play up the arrogance of the character, which I think is wonderful. I firmly believe that this guy was a product of selective breeding and that he was a warlord. Uh, the confidence is off the charts here and is quietly conveyed to the audience. I think it's first-class acting, and I'm glad Pauline Kale said of him what she did, that this yeah. is validation that he could command the screen. So we talked a little bit about the virtues of Star Trek. Uh, and those virtues of this world that uh, that they're in, I think, are best seen through William Shatner's Captain Kirk. What do you think? Mm-hmm. What do you think of the interplay between Kirk and Khan in this episode? Because a real thing is born here <laughs> that plays out later, fifteen years right. down the road. But something I think this is really special the way that these two play off of each other. What do you think of this oh, yeah. relationship here? I love it. They have this diversity that, I mean, in their roles. Kirk, I think you even had mentioned it. I don't know if we texted it or maybe it was in your notes. How he has this, you know, he just the way he looks at him. I know there's more that you want right. to say, you know. Right. And Khan, you know, he plays the victim so well, you know. Oh, I, mean, I know. Yeah. He just comes on board. He plays him. To steal the line from Danny DeVito in Batman Returns, he plays them like a harp from hell. He really does. <laughs> he does. Um... I like the cat and mouse game going mm-hmm. on between Kirk and Khan, and Captain Kirk is a very smart man himself. Yes. Um, he plays, yeah, he plays that. I know you're not telling me everything, right? That I need to know. Um, it's all in his face. I mean, <laughs> and but to Monobon's credit, he plays the poker face great too. He does. And I think Shatner commands the screen in a completely different way from Monobon. What do you think of that assessment? They, do. they they both are so different, but they both have a strong presence, so they're pretty they're equal, but but they're completely different on what they're playing and not backing de- not backing down from backing not backing <laughs> that's that's uh that's, that's what that is yeah but but they're not backing down from no. from each other but it's so nice how they're being so cordial and diplomatic right. to one another for a little while <laughs> exactly. it's so great i mean this is the machismo here is just off of the chart you know it's yeah. it's so much fun to watch um one of my favorite scenes here is the briefing room scene where mm-hmm. It's a great Leonard Nimoy Spock scene where uh, Scott and McCoy and Kirk are expressing admiration for Khan in a roundabout left-handed kind of way. You know, they said, "Yeah, well, there were no diseases, there was no, you know, you know, there was no famine, you know, but he was a warlord. He killed millions of people." Yeah, but and Kirk explains that we can respect someone even if we right. disagree with them. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. I do. I mean, yeah, I do. I think you. I mean. I think if anybody 
automatically disagrees with, you know, everyone. <laughs> I mean, you're going to disagree with somebody at some point, right? I mean, you see it too much today. Though. People are very do. loud about it, and they immediately write people off. Uh, exactly, if you that's dis- what I was just. If you disagree, say. like, oh, well, you're awful. You're a racist, misogynist, exactly. home of words that are starting to lose meaning exactly. these days. You know, but I think you can you can respect someone you disagree exactly. with. Exactly, I think you know, so too. Including dictators, you know, at times, at right. times, I'm being very specific, at times, right. you know. No, I agree. Um, another theme here is eugenics, the selective breeding of humans to improve the species. What do you think of that idea? I think it's an unnecessary, weird thing. <laughs> it's been around since Plato. Yeah. The U.S. practiced it. Um, you see it most prevalently. We were talking about dictators in Nazi Germany. I think that is just I, that's that's a bad road to travel down. Exactly. I mean, you don't. Well, I mean, you don't know what's going to come from that. You know. Well, you know, it's one of the great just, things. You know, um, Captain America. I'm thinking of the Captain America First Avenger movie. Mm-hmm. They pick him because of his heart, because he knows what it's like to be a little guy. You know, it's right. going to amp up all of your other traits, too. That's my thought on it. I don't know how it works. <laughs> um, right, right. But uh, you see that with Khan, though, which I think is great. The arrogance is off of the chart. The arrogance yeah. turns out to be his downfall in this and in the and in the film. Yeah. So, yeah, it's something, you know, there's some scary stuff. There's some literature out there. It's some scary stuff. You know, Hitler's uh, bedside table reading was terrifying there's articles and things you can look that up um but that's a real thing and like i said going back to plato we need to build the perfect species i think it's our flaws that make us inherently unique and fun and strange and uh i think the trek world embraces that you know exactly and you see that as i said through captain kirk who has his flaws and deals with them and embraces them so it's it's a scary thing it's a neat villain though for them to come up against in this world so um, one thing we do need to touch on that has been criticized in recent years is the relationship between Khan and Lieutenant MacGyver's played by Madeline Rue. One critic said that this scene made them extremely uncomfortable because of the overtones. Uh, what did you think of it? I, I can see where they're coming from with this, especially in light of the times that we find ourselves living in today. Um, what do you think? Of not, it? I'm not making light of any anything today. Right. Um, I think that this scene plays out exactly how this guy would seduce this woman. And she is totally enamored with him because she is a historian. And here's a living specimen. As she says, I don't have a problem with the scene. I get the overtones. I feel the overtones when I watch it. I'm going, but that's the point, you know, of it. Um, You know, that this is how this guy would act, you know, claiming ownership almost, but asking to claim ownership, which is very unique, I think. What did, what did you think of it? I, you know, that that's something that eh, kind of on the fence with it. I understand where you're coming from, but then again, it's like, it's just a little strange. I don't, does that make it, any sense? It, it mean, is very strange. And again, but I always go back to this as a guy that's out of his time. Right. But I told, that's, yeah, that's why I'm kind of, you know, I get how he, that's how he is, you know? Yeah. And that's how. I think it's another demonstration of the arrogance right. that this character has. So right. I'm not condoning how he acts with her at all. That's not right. not where I'm at with it. I'm just saying, yeah, I get why it makes you uncomfortable. It should make you uncomfortable. That's how <laughs> yeah. this guy, This that's who this guy is. He takes what he wants. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's why I get it, because that's who he is. So yeah. I'm okay with it, because yeah. it's not like it's out of character. You know. I think it's completely in character, it's which a, yeah. is why I don't have a problem with it. 
why I think, you know, we need to go find the negative and burn it. Right. You know, like some people would have us do yes. these days. Uh, final question. 2013 Star Trek Into Darkness. Khan was a character in that film mm-hmm. played by Benedict Cumberbatch. What did you think of him? Do you think he caught Monalban <laughs> at all? No. I don't either. He doesn't stand out as much either. at there all. Was, and I like Benedict. I do uh, too, but his presence just wasn't. Monalbon. Right. I mean Yeah. If you haven't seen this episode, there's a specialness to Ricardo in this in this episode yeah. that you just really have to see it to believe it. It's it's really amazing. Um Yeah. Yeah. They I don't think they did that character any justice. And I don't think they did justice to Ricardo Monalbon with, yeah. with that film. Uh, what do you think of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which I think we're gonna feature at some point we on should. the show. We need to that I really got it. you into into Trek, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I'm so glad it did. <laughs> and he carries he carries that movie as well. He does. The he two does. two of these guys are I haven't amazing seen that together. one in a good while. I need to watch it. I own it. And I need to watch yeah. it. Yeah, great know. film. It's been it's been a long time. Great film. Um, I love Star Trek. I really do. I do too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we picked this because this is one of the great villains, one of the great yeah. boogers in in history. And he was nominated for the American Film Institute list for Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. He didn't make it onto the villains list top fifty. But he was nominated. I think that's a pretty good honor yeah. in and of itself. So you like Ricardo, huh? Love him. Love him. Love him. Hell he's, of a guy. He's incredible. Great, great man, I think. And, uh, you know, was still working up until he passed in the Spy Kids movies. Uh, had an operation, had to live the rest of his life in a wheelchair. But he wasn't in as much pain anymore. So, yeah. but uh, great fella. Just presence. A manly presence there you go you know so you have anything else to add about star trek space i I do want to say something we didn't talk about the relationship between khan and bones was one of my favorite things in this whole i can't believe it wasn't in the notes i and my favorite mccoy moment in the entire series is uh khan comes out of his coma puts the scalpel to mccoy's throat and he starts giving him advice on the best place to to cut and how to you know, either, you know, choke me yeah. or cut the uh, carotid artery. Yeah, right yeah. below the left ear or whatever. I love Bones. <laughs> I do too. He's... I love Bones. What do you like about Bones so much? I don't know. He just brings this, uh... I really, you know, I really don't know. That's a good question. The the trio of Kirk and Spock and, and McCoy, yeah. you know, oh, they all bring something different. Different. But I don't I, know what it is about DeForest Kelly, just that real warmth and, and, and that sly Very, humor. He's got this comfortable, just... He kind of functions presence, I the guess. Uh, the Harrison Ford role from Star Wars, kind of keeping it, for lack of a better term, keeping it real, yeah. almost commenting on what's going on. You know, just he's a human. He is the flawed human being. Yeah. You know, I love him. Yeah. Great performance. This is a great episode of television. This is a though. great episode. Great episode. You have anything else? I think that's it. I think that's it on my end, too. I think we should venture boldly into the final frontier. So, as always, we are available. Right now, we're doing Cage Match Mondays, and TV Tuesday is a regular feature here. And we also have our regular big show on Wednesdays where we talk about horror movies, The Late Night Fright. We are available wherever podcasts are found and also on the interweb and on Instagram. We're going to have a bumper for that at the end, but we're going to go ahead and sign off, Faith. What do you think? Let's do it. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we want you to keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. We will see you in the final frontier. Dan. 
And I am Faith. And we want to let you know that we are on the World Wide Web. That's the interwebs, isn't it, Faith? That's what I like to call it, the interweb. www.latenightfright.com. And we are also on the gram. We are. You can check us out at the Late Night Fright Podcast. Or you can also follow my personal page, I'm a Normal Alien. You're not exactly normal, but that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Check out the website. You can subscribe to our mailing list. And if you like the show, please give us a review and subscribe and all that good stuff. You know us. We're available wherever podcasts can be found. You got that right. We'll see you on the other side.